We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. of the Ascended Masters have been called the path above the path. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. Well, greetings and welcome, everyone. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Ross Brunson. Today, our focus is creative abundance. Perhaps more precisely, we should say creating abundance. Yeah, well, that's right. Um, abundance itself isn't really creative. Uh, but becoming abundant might require some creativity. And it's fair to ask why abundance isn't universal across all people. Well, you know, abundance is something everyone should be experiencing, but not everyone does, obviously. And there are very clear and simple reasons why some people experience abundance and others do not. And that's precisely what we're going to explore today. Right. But first, I, I think we want to make a distinction here. What exactly is abundance? Is it money and material possession? <laughs> that's a good question. We know that the dictionary defines abundance as a great or plentiful amount or, quote, fullness to overflowing. Right, and that could apply to anything. Money and material possessions, certainly, but also to goodness, talent, virtue. Love. I, truly. Uh, love, happiness, joy. I mean, really, virtually anything. Well, okay, what about problems like uh, pests, aches and pains, enemies? Well, okay, we can apply abundance to that too, but, <laughs> but let's make a further distinction here. Within the context of, of our program today, yeah. when we refer to abundance, we're focusing on the positive side of, of things. Yeah, I guess I was perhaps being a bit too uh, literal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, all the English majors appreciate that. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think that's abundantly clear. That oh, oh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> so then, from our point of view, Abundance can be understood as an overflowing of good things. That's right, Tom. And, and returning to our opening statement, not everyone experiences an abundance of good things. And why is that? Well, you know, the truth is a lot of people simply don't believe that they're worthy of having abundance. Mm. An abundance, quote, of all good and perfect things is exactly what God wants for us. And I guess we have to want it too. So how, <laughs> how is it that we have somehow overridden God's wishes and superimposed our own? And why on earth would we want to? <laughs> yeah, that's the million dollar question. Well, I think because we, we think we know better than God about what we should have in our lives. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of what we think we should have is an abundance of material things. 
Right, and that's really at the expense of our true abundance, which we should experience if we choose to be aligned with the purpose of our life. Yeah, so let's go there. Okay, well, any discussion of abundance has to begin with a, a very broad and a very important baseline, which is this. We're all on the path of initiation. Right. Earth is a schoolroom, mm-hmm. and we're intended to graduate from this schoolroom. Right. And the lessons mm-hmm. that we learn in life are what propel us from one grade, as it were, to the next. Okay, and I think I know where you're going with this. The experience of abundance in life begins with gratitude. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it, I think it's true that because we're on this incredible journey that we will one day graduate from this earthly mm-hmm. schoolroom, we'll find our way much more pleasant when we begin to say thank you for the experiences that we receive. I mean, these are the initiations we referred to a few moments ago. Right. So, one key to abundance is learning to be grateful for everything that happens to us. Everything. <laughs> I mean, imagine you're experiencing poverty right now. No, do I have to? <laughs> well, no, no, no announcers were harmed in the making of... <laughs> right. Okay. You know, work with me here, okay? All right. So, okay. I'm, I'm imagining poverty. Good. Okay. Now, now, imagine saying thank you for that poverty <laughs> and meaning it. Okay. Let me get this straight. I'm suffering financial pain mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to say thank you. Yeah. Okay. Let me try that out. Thank you, God, for my poverty. Now, was that hard? (laughs) I mean, now what do you think is going to happen when you say thank you for a condition, even if that condition is being poor? Um, Oh, okay. Well, I think I know where you're going with this. I get it. When when, When you say thank you, you're not a victim anymore of the poverty in this case. Your gratitude is actually mastering. Right. Poverty, you're the taking the situation, you're, you're, you're taking it and you're turning it, and you're saying whatever it is, it's like Job. Whatever mm-hmm. it is that's happening to me, I trust. I'm, I'm going to go good with this. So you've now tapped into a very good and very mm-hmm. positive vein that is the fastest way out of poverty. And oh, by the way, it's one very effective highway to get to real abundance. Even material abundance. Well, because material abundance is a good thing. I mean, unless we abuse it or become dominated or obsessed by it. You know, Ross, I'm impressed. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> well, we began only a few minutes ago talking about creating abundance, real abundance. Mm-hmm. How it's more than money, that it includes all good things that we need to fulfill our life's purpose. And then you saw how we were able to turn this potentially negative experience like poverty into an opportunity to achieve the exact opposite, abundance, by simply adding a sincere dose of gratitude. Well, you know, we got to hand it to you. That was very nicely and artfully done. Well, thank you. Um, So, I guess to capture what you're saying here is that abundance is as much a state of mind as it is an actual experience. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a very empowering equation. And frankly, I didn't even see it coming. (laughs) I get you some more tea. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I mean, here's the point. When things don't seem to be going our way, there's probably a reason for it. And Mm -hmm. we need to replace the anxiety that we feel about that with a faith and a solemn confidence that the right thing will happen according to God's will. Yeah, and I think I remember hearing the masters tell us that it's the sense of struggle Mm -hmm. that creates the struggle. And, and that, perpetuates you know, it, too. Well, know. keeps it going until we mm-hmm. stop it. So, saying thank you for whatever comes is really an act of faith. It's almost like a down payment on the, the abundance <laughs> that's about to come. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's move on to some of the other basic elements of that experience of abundance. I mean, as you point out, an attitude of gratitude is a very empowering platform to stand upon. Well, I know. And I think that we can imagine that visualizing the outcome we desire might also be a very powerful tool for creating abundance. I, I don't know. You've heard that saying... If we aim at nothing, we hit it every time. And I heard that if you declare the target uh, after you shoot it, then that's also... <laughs> Ready, fire, way. aim. That's right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Boom, halt. <laughs> Visualizing that, that desired outcome, the thing that we really want, basically requires that we have a, a specific goal or a set of goals 
that we aim at. We, we have to have a concept of where we want to go in order to get there. Yeah, and I, I, as obvious as this probably will sound, it helps to capture our dreams on paper. I mean, uh, do a little bit of treasure mapping. Yeah, well, doodle for a good purpose. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, so, sure. I mean, we can design our desired abundance around a dream or a concept. You know, some people start with a house. Some yeah. start with, you know, fallen gold coins. That doesn't mean that's what will happen, but yeah. you're setting your sails in the right direction. Yeah, and whether you dream small or dream big, you have to be specific about the details. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. also there's another element to this. What's that? Forgiving ourselves uh, really helps. And I think when we can't ask for forgiveness or easily receive it, in reality, this means we're too proud to accept a gift from God. You know, it's been one of my personal experiences that that the act of forgiveness or even asking for forgiveness, even if it's just in a, a little prayer to God, is a freeing circumstance. It breaks something, mm-hmm. and you're able to move on from that point on. You know, And that, that brings us back, once again, mm-hmm. to that statement that God wants us to have, all good and perfect things. Yeah, and if we're all walking around feeling guilty or selfish or unworthy, we're placing a barrier between ourselves and the prosperity from God that we actually deserve. I don't I don't think God answers invitations to pity parties. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we what we have here is we have some basic concepts. Yeah. We have gratitude, mm-hmm. visualizing things, mm-hmm. forgiveness, faith, specific goals, affirmations. Yeah. I mean, these are all essential keys to the experience of an abundance consciousness. And we've got a little, um, our, our regular weekly gift for you here is that um, for more on the subject of abundance, um, here once again is our friend Terry Kennedy, who's reading an excerpt from our popular pocket guide, Creative Abundance, Keys to Spiritual and Material Prosperity by Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Abundance is more than money. Abundance is the flow of energy that comes to us from the universal source of life, as both spiritual and material prosperity. Abundance is love and wisdom, talents and virtues, money and material goods, whatever we need to fulfill our life's purpose. Energy should be flowing freely to us and through us to materialize abundance. If we are not experiencing that flow of abundance, we have to ask ourselves why. What is it within us or around us that is blocking prosperity? What is blocking the flow of God's energy to us? St. Germain, who is an expert in the spiritual and physical transformation known as alchemy, writes, How long will you spend your energy struggling to eke out a bare existence from nature's cupboard, which to some seems bare indeed, when all your needs can be met by mastering the cosmic laws that Jesus and other great teachers have demonstrated by their own lives? With you, as with God, All things are possible. The possibilities for creative abundance are endless. I encourage you to explore them as you practice the simple techniques that follow to create your personal alchemy of abundance. Be grateful for everything that happens to you. As Meister Eckhart once said, if the only prayer you say in your whole life is thank you, that would suffice. Praise God for the joy and beauty of His creation, not the least of which is the beauty of your own soul. Continually thank God for what you are and what you have, and you will see how your abundance will increase. Be grateful to God for everything that happens to you. Everything, the negatives, the positives, the karma, the calamities, because they are teachers, they are lessons. And if things aren't going right, Praise God for letting them go wrong to remind you that there is some adjustment you have to make 
in order to get on with your spiritual progress. We are all on a path of initiation. Earth is a schoolroom, and we are intended to graduate from that schoolroom. The lessons we learn along life's way are what propel us from one grade to the next. Yet isn't it true that we have all faced situations in life where we couldn't see a single reason why we should praise God? It is important to realize that anything coming at you, whether it's Mars or a Mack truck, whether it's your mother-in-law or your manager, is energy coming your way. Bless the messenger who delivers that bundle of energy and then take the energy out of the seemingly negative matrix. Reclaim it and transmute it into something positive. Don't wait until you have your full and final victory over life's challenges to be happy, to rejoice, to give praise and blessings to life. Praising God and being grateful every day is a key to the victory of your soul. Praise God in everyone you meet. Try and give everyone you meet a positive spin. Give yourself the assignment to find something wonderful about every person you meet, then tell it to them. That something may be just what they need to lift them out of the doldrums or to dispel the sense that there is nothing really special about them. There is something special about everyone, and you can help them see what it is. This day, O Lord, I will give a positive spin to everyone you send me. When you tell that to God, you're going to have the world beating a path to your doorway because there are so many people who need that positive spin. Oh, Terry, amen, brother. <laughs> also, you know, I think it should be abundantly clear to our listeners by now that everything we do is an opportunity to learn, mm -hmm. to advance our souls in the path of wholeness and freedom. And the pursuit of abundance offers us a particularly rich opportunity to explore the true dimensions of our being as we travel down this road to wholeness. When we come back, we'll take a deeper look at abundance as a mm. focus of cosmic law in an interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet entitled, The Law of Abundance. Don't go away. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth Schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it Nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. 
Zoomed Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoomed Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoomed Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And welcome back. In the following interview entitled The Law of Abundance, Elizabeth Clare Prophet discusses how we can manifest abundance through a process that is based in a powerful and immutable cosmic law of love. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. Let's do that now. Would you tell us how it was that Jesus was able to perform the miracles that he was able to perform, such as the coin in the mouth of the fish, the feeding of the 5,000, and numerous healings? The most interesting thing about the life of Jesus as you study it is that you come to realize that his miracles were not miracles at all. They were the outworking of cosmic law, and Jesus himself was the greatest scientist of the age, greater than all scientists who have ever followed him on the path of initiation. We find then that Jesus was the master of the use of God's energy. He came to demonstrate the mastery of energy. He came to show us how to set the example. And he said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. I firmly believe that we have come into the age of the Holy Spirit, the promised comforter whom Jesus said would remind us of everything that he taught us, would bring to our remembrance from the inner self this science that he demonstrated. The multiplication of the loaves and fishes was Jesus' demonstration of a law of Alpha and Omega and the use of the white fire core of the atom, the nucleus of the atom. Jesus used mantras and he taught them to his disciples in the upper room. He taught them the Our Father as a prayer. But much of this is not recorded in Scripture. Scripture does record that if we were to record everything that Jesus taught, the world could not contain the books that would be necessary. So we have to realize that a few short books and a few chapters of the Gospels are by no means the fullness of the teachings of Jesus Christ. There is a mantra that El Moria gave to us concerning the manifestation of the law of abundance. Abundance is the natural law of life, and Jesus always had the abundance of every good and perfect gift from God. He and his disciples were never wanting, and yet they did not live in excess. We find that the two fishes and the five loaves symbolize the seven centers, the seven chakras of being, and the wholeness of that energy in Alpha and Omega being all that was required 
to make that substance available to one, three, ten, five thousand, or more. Jesus could have fed five million from the two fishes and the five loaves. The following mantra is the one that El Moria has given for our realization of this law of supply. I am free from fear and doubt, casting want and misery out, knowing now all good supply ever comes from realms on high. I am the hand of God's own fortune, flooding forth the treasures of light, now receiving full abundance to supply each need of life. I am free from fear and doubt, casting want and misery out, knowing now all good supply ever comes from realms on high. I am the hand of God's own fortune, flooding forth the treasures of light, now receiving full abundance to supply each need of life. This is a very interesting mantra because immediately we take the name of God, I am, and affirm that being where we stand, where I am. And we declare that this I am is free from fear and doubt. Jesus teaches us that fear and doubt is the basic cause of poverty, the poverty consciousness, and of want. We cannot draw abundance and supply if we have fear at conscious or subconscious levels. Now this was very obvious in that transfer of energy which occurred when Jesus walked on the water. Peter asked if he could come and be on the water with his master. Jesus extended his hand and Peter walked on the water. This transfer of energy came by Peter's attention upon the Christ, his belief on the Christ. As long as Peter had his attention upon Jesus, he was above water but he momentarily entered into a vortex of his own fear and immediately he broke the contact and he sank beneath the waves. He cried out, Master, save me, and Jesus restored the lifeline of energy. At that moment, Jesus' body was filled with light and that light that he was filled with overcame the natural laws of gravity. This was Jesus' own consciousness of perfection. He had the awareness of the inner master as being perfect, but he did not hold that law of perfection as exclusive to himself. He demonstrated that that law available to him was available to all of us, and therefore he said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Following the life of Jesus, El Moria then has given to us a mantra for perfection, for our consciousness to realize that we can entertain the law of perfection and the energies of perfection which will transform our lives. I am life of God direction, blaze thy light of truth in me. Focus here all God's perfection, from all discord set me free. Make and keep me anchored ever in the justice of thy plan. I am the presence of perfection, living the life of God in man. You'll notice that in these mantras the word I am is used. I am is the name of God. When we say that name we are affirming I and my Father are one. Where I am thou art also. And right where we are 
right where we commune with God, there God is. And so in our oneness with God, we can declare, I am that I am. Whenever we say I am, we are really saying, God in me is. And so if we say, I am life of God direction, blaze thy light of truth in me, we are saying, God in me is the life of God direction. We not only affirm the presence of that God, but we call to that God to blaze thy light of truth in me. And then finally, in the concluding part of the mantra, we say, I am the presence of perfection, living the life of God in man. What we are really saying is, God in me is the presence of perfection. This is an affirmation, and by cosmic law, it must manifest because we have combined it with the name of God, the all-power of a cosmos. There is a saying that goes, the call compels the answer. When the call is a statement of cosmic law, the answer must manifest just as a magnet draws the filings, the iron filings, in their proper polarity. Are you saying that if we learn to use these decrees properly, we can perform the same miracles as Jesus? The miracles which manifest in our lives are day-to-day -day happenings of a greater and a greater awareness of God. It is altogether possible, and it has happened in the lives of the saints and the seers of both East and West, that extraordinary manifestations have occurred, such as levitation, the manifestation of the stigmata. Many have come with a gift of healing. Even Amy Simple McPherson, right here in Los Angeles, had that gift, as do many others who have the Holy Spirit today. Would you have some specific advice on how one can integrate decrees with one's daily activities, say from the time one rises in the morning? The use of mantras is a natural way of life. It doesn't need to be set aside for a special moment. These mantras can be given in the shower, or they can be given on the freeway driving to work. They are easily memorized, and while they are being given, one's meditation is upon the heart, and one may also be aware of performing the necessary preparations of the day. Of course, it is always good to set aside the ten minutes for concentration. But if you don't have the ten minutes, it's important to give them in any case. Well, the question right now then is, what do you do until the doctor comes? In other words, for those who don't already have some printed instruction on decreeing, is there something they can do in the meantime until they get their book? Well, you can make up your own decrees spontaneously and begin each fiat of light with the name I am, which you remember means God in me is. You can get up in the morning and say, I am a son of God. I am full of joy. I am in the action of love this day. I am going forth to conquer my day. I am filled with abundance and every good and perfect gift. And you can just keep on affirming the God within you, remembering that that God is energy, is going to manifest in everything that you desire to accomplish. And so I think it's important to be spontaneous in these fiats and to begin right now to affirm your life as the victorious manifestation of God. Thank you very much for some very important instruction. And up next, our weekly visit and Q&A with Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. Your 
online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We're back, and joining us once again is our friend, Sydney Bennett. Hello, Sydney. Hi. Hi, Sydney. Well, hey, let's just jump right in, okay? Um, cool. Is it okay to be rich? I mean, the, the Bible says, you know, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to gain the kingdom of heaven. So is it okay to be rich? Well, it's okay to have the sense of prosperity and abundance in God. In fact, it's what God has called us to do. I think as we think of being rich, most people, of course, think of the material prosperity, and I think that's probably what this quote is referring to here. Yeah. And for many people, having abundance or having material wealth is a test in itself. And for many souls, it's a much harder test mm -hmm. than being born into mm -hmm. poverty. Because how we use that abundance will determine our sense of mastery, number one. And number two, uh, if we don't make it in that life, what will come back in terms of abundance? So we realize there is a responsibility with abundance, and it's not wrong per se to have abundance, but how you use it will define mm -hmm. whether you can get into heaven or mm -hmm. whether you're going to be like the eye of the needle, the camel <laughs> to the eye of the needle. So and I think we all in our lives have seen people who had a lot of abundance or prosperity, apparently, and were just as miserable as anybody else. <laughs> you, know, so. you know, I read an amazing thing. It was some years ago. I think it was USA Today, and I, I, I'm not going to quote the exact number because I don't remember it, but the gist of it was they interviewed very rich people mm -hmm. and, and about what their needs, their desires, how happy they were, and so forth. 
and it was some number between 70 and 80 percent said they would give up all their abundance yep. for a meaningful spiritual life. I mean, that's a staggering thought when you think oh. about it. So when you wow. think about the desire for abundance, think how you'd use it. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, it can be used for great good. Well, you know, and, and it seems that, that some people are more naturally blessed with abundance than others. But, I mean, how, how does that work? <laughs> well, it's like anything else. Why did uh, Mozart, whoever it was, that could play the violin at age three or write this music mm-hmm. and so forth. Some people have a natural momentum towards prosperity because they've learned the laws of prosperity and they carry it from one life to the next. And other people, again, it's a karmic situation. Mm-hmm. Whether they, they deserve to have that or they're being tested with it. So, yes, yeah, some people have a natural potency. And other people that, that like being poor, in essence, because, you know, if you're poor, you don't have a lot of physical things to worry about in some ways. <laughs> it's true. It's like moving all the time. <laughs> it's much simpler, yeah. Um, well, you know, you mentioned Mozart and others like that who, who come into an embodiment with an obviously high degree of attainment. Um, and I, again, this might be kind of a, a, a stretch a bit to think of in, this, in these terms, but does our spiritual prosperity accumulate somewhere? Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, how do you measure success? And, of course, for many people in our society, that's financial prosperity. But a spiritual prosperity are indeed our treasures laid up in heaven. And mm-hmm. we talked, I think, in one of our earlier shows about your mighty I am presence and what surrounds it, which is yep. your causal body, which are your treasures in heaven, which you've laid up, laid up there through many, many different embodiments through your good works. Yeah. So our treasures are laid up in heaven in the causal body, uh, kind of like a heavenly bank account, as it were. Exactly. And so how do we draw on this heavenly bank account? And are there any limitations on how, is there mm-hmm. overdraft protection and is there a limit? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I used to think that, you know, uh, we on the earth were the only ones experiencing energy shortages. You know, God, God has all the energy in the world. Right. So, but it's interesting to note that even in the law of cosmos, there must be the appropriate use of energy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and whether it's good things or, or whatever it is, there's, there's, yes, there's unlimited abundance, but you be, must be able to draw that and magnetize it and use it properly. Because if you don't use it properly, then you will lose it and the opportunity for it. But yes, you can draw down your treasures from heaven. For instance, if you have a great momentum on healing, you can mm-hmm. call for the momentum of your work with science and healing and other embodiments mm-hmm. to help you in this. But mm-hmm. you have to think, why do I want this energy from God? Um, you know, if you can call for the abundance, certainly, when you need it. But yeah. why do you need it? What the purpose is? And so that's mm-hmm. always a good guide. Well, it's like the rules of business. You know, you're, you're, ax- you're asking for an investment from God of energy and God's naturally going to ask you for a business plan right. to try to figure out what <laughs> yeah. you're going to do with that. You know, I mean, yeah. this is one of the cosmic laws of the universe. I and, think. And, and you have to think if I spend the light in my causal body, you know, am I going right. to get it back? It's going to be returned. It's like the teaching of Jesus of the unfaithful servant that just took the money and buried it into the ground. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's not multiplying and applying the laws of prosperity and abundance that's like right. God has intended us to. Well, you know, the other thing that we were talking about here a moment ago, you mentioned it again, is um, not only do we come, you know, into an embodiment with certain attainments, but obviously we come into it with certain uh, karmic debts. And uh, if you could, would you expand on how the role of karma um, affects our personal experience of abundance? Well, I think this is absolutely true. You know, if, if someone is given something at birth, a great amount of money, it, what meaning does it have to them? Yeah. And yet that could be their test because they haven't earned it. 
how are they going to use it? And for people that inherit great wealth, that's a very tough test. Um, for others, it's something that comes along in life, and it may be a, because of their work or attainment, or they may lose a, dramatic, a significant amount of material mm -hmm. abundance, which also is karma that comes due suddenly. So it, part of it is, is the Buddhic teaching of non-attachment. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be a prosperous and, and abundant, but we're looking in terms of spiritual abundance as being the most important. And sometimes there's a few bumps on the road, especially yep. when it comes to material abundance. <laughs> More than a few. Speed bumps, speed bumps, <laughs> <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> so when, we're, when, in, when we have karmic debts, bad karmic debts, and we're trying to pay those back and balance that, that debt to all mm -hmm. of life, is it possible that no matter what a person does or how hard they try, that they might just simply at this time have too much bad karma to overcome the… Well, the it, it might not just be bad karma. It might mm -hmm. be that they need a certain dynamic or situation for their greatest soul progress. And I think at a certain point, you know, I'm not going to be a billionaire in this life. I mean, I think that's probably a given. Um, so I, there's probably no point in me wasting my time on saying, God, I want to be a billionaire. You know, at a certain time, let's be satisfied with our lot in life. If we have the basic needs and we, and, and we have the things we do, then material abundance becomes less important. It's part of living on this planet Earth in a physical body. But, you know, let's also be satisfied with our lot in life and let's not try get-rich-quick schemes that suddenly we're going to do all these things. You know, mm -hmm. give of your heart um, and focus on developing that. And, and obviously, if you have a family, you need to provide them and so forth. But mm -hmm. it's a balance. Well, and that harkens back to what Ross and I were talking about in the first segment of the show, uh, the simplicity of having an attitude of gratitude in this case. So no matter what your experience is, you're grateful for what it brings you in terms of learning. Well, I think that, you know, and, and it's, some things are harder to be grateful than others. I think we'll all agree. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's yeah. a flow of energy, and abundance mm. is a flow of energy. I don't know, you know, the old uh, John D. Rockefeller Sr., who founded mm. most of the Rockefeller dynasty, used to give a dime to every person he met. And the reason he did that was because he knew the, the law of flow. And I'm not mm -hmm. sure he applied it, applied it spiritually, but it's nonetheless like a law of gravity. And when mm -hmm. you give, it comes back to you. Mm -hmm. When you give gratitude, it returns to you yep. and things. Yep. And that's the same with abundance. There must be a flow. If you hold it to your heart and don't share it and give of it, just as if you don't give it of yourself, there can be no increase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and also when we, when we look at these things, it, it looks as if what we do here on earth is going to have an effect on the next life. And if we try mm -hmm. to have a, a positive effect throughout our life as far as abundance goes, even yeah. if we're not mm -hmm. experiencing that much abundance, but we use it wisely, it seems like we're setting ourselves up for that next time around if there is one. Well, yeah. absolutely. And the goal is not to, to be rich in your next embodiment. The goal is to be at that next point of your spiritual evolution. Mm -hmm. And if you have abundance now, use it rightly. If your brother is in need, help them out. It's not a sin to be abundant. It's What is a sin is when you misuse it. i got to mm -hmm. tell you a quick story. Sure. Years ago, I was on vacation at Lake Tahoe one summer. And there was a, a public beach there where we were swimming. And there was a cove that was kind of around the side of that. And we went over and looked. And we we saw this beautiful mansion on this on this cove, beautiful on the water, and there was a couple having breakfast out on this porch, <laughs> and there was a butler there, oh boy, <laughs> and waiting on them. But what we knew the the sign was they had a flagpole there, and on this on the flagpole the flag was a dollar sign. Okay, <laughs> that was their That's goal. Clear. That was their goal in life, yeah, you know. See, and and see. so I would say they might fall into the category of getting into the kingdom of heaven because their goal was money, and they had attained what they wanted. But what do they do next? What do they do for an encore after that? Breakfast. 
yeah. lunch apparently yeah. <laughs> well you know the thing is is that is this whole keeping up with the joneses and you know i like gadgets but gadgets aren't the absolute end of everything you know and a lot of people say you know the the way to keep score is the, they who die with the most toys win yeah i mean this is really not the attitude that we're looking for <laughs> and, and, and it has a certain material aspect so what's a way that we could almost on a daily basis be our hourly or whatever it is be able to turn ourselves eventually to that that abundance flow well again it's attitude gratitude attitude if you will and mm -hmm. um being grateful um we don't have to stay in poverty i mean we have physical needs uh you know for years one of my goals was to have a car that started every morning you know <laughs> yeah, I've and, got that one now. <laughs> and so you know everything is relative in terms of abundance i felt rich when i had that <laughs> yeah, and so right. it's really an attitude and a vibration and it's also about mastery we're learning mastery, and part of mastery in the physical plane is the use of abundance. I've known people that have no money, and they never seem to have any money, but it's not because they don't get it. It's because they don't know how to manage it, yeah. you know, very yeah. practical aspect of it. So learn to master energy, whether it's physical abundance or spiritual abundance. You know, that's what we're here for, to learn and to grow, not just to get a house and two cars and, mm -hmm. you know, a condo. Two point three kids. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Point four. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, my kids are small. Right? Uh, <laughs> um, I want to go back to something we were talking about a moment ago, um, and I guess this is kind of a two-part question. In the course of our past lives, it's likely, it's probable that at one time or another we made a vow of poverty. Mm. Um, perhaps many. Do these past vows impact our present experience of prosperity? And if they do. How do we undo these old vows? Well, I mean, that's absolutely true. And many people on a spiritual path have had a lot of embodiments, either as a monk or a nun, or whether in, in the Catholic Church or in the, in the monasteries in the mm -hmm. Himalayas and so forth. And you do take vows of poverty. And there are times when that is appropriate for your spiritual growth and so forth. But what you want to be careful is you don't bring that consciousness forward and that's no longer a lesson that you need to learn. And so uh, I think it's, it's a recognition. Again, it goes back to worthiness. God in me is worthy of abundance if I use it properly. And, and we don't want to be in the consciousness that I need to be poor because I'm not a good person or I can't be spiritual unless I'm poor. Mm -hmm. And that's not true either. It's about mastery. So, yes, you can remind God and mention that if I had a vow of poverty, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm giving up now right. because, you know, it's over. I want to help my family, my <laughs> church, my nation, whatever yeah. it needs to be. Dear done. God, I'm done with that now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it reminds me of the old joke, and it is a joke about the Yen Buddhists who have decided that money is the root of all evil and decided to collect it all to save the rest of the planet. <laughs> right. You know, you think sometimes that people have that attitude. It's like, you know, I'm just going to take as much as I possibly can, and what am I going to do with it? I don't know. Well, well it's interesting that people that don't have God their only security is material abundance. Yeah, that's a good you know, point. And, and so that's why they try and accumulate so much of it. So it's actually, I think, in some people, a fear because they don't have God to turn to, to, to trust and to devote yeah. themselves to. And so mm -hmm. you have to ford up, basically. Yeah, and you try and, and insulate yourself from the world and your mm -hmm. karma. And there are people that try and dodge their karma oh, yeah. by getting money and getting it illegally and immorally. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it comes home to roost, but they don't see that in the short run. Now, you know, I'd like to return to a theme that we visited a few moments ago, and I'm reminded of the offers that Satan made to Jesus during oh, yeah. <laughs> that time in the desert, you know, an offer you can't refuse, but he did. It seems that the devil was offering Jesus material prosperity. And dominion. You're right. And we know Jesus wasn't moved, but instead he continued to choose the spiritual prosperity that he knew was his from his father, God. Should we interpret this as some sort of prescription against material wealth, or is there a, a happy medium here? Well, I think you, 
go back to Jesus' teaching. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, yeah. mm-hmm. and then all things will be added unto you. I've heard of people that said, uh, that were spiritually inclined, but they said, I'm going to go out and have my career, I'm going to make money, and then at a certain time in my life, I'm going to turn myself to, to spiritual things. And you know what? That time never comes. Never comes. So exactly. seek God yep. first. Mm-hmm. And it's not wrong to have abundance. In fact, God wants us to be abundant. But, you know, keep your priorities straight. Jesus did, and of course, what is the worldly kingdom compared to what he has? Oh my gosh! So if we're to, if we're if we can kind of break this down into something that's really easy to remember, would the phrase "do the right thing" yeah. and the money will follow? Would that be a pretty well? And again, you know? it's you know, there's nothing wrong with needing abundance to right. supply your family, but yeah. you know, give yourself into the hands of God. Yeah. Trusting mm-hmm. God is a wonderful thing, and obey His laws. There are laws of prosperity. And when you uh, adhere to those, gratitude is one of them. As a man thinketh, the flow, the giving, the visualization, these are all laws that you can use. Yeah. But always put God first in his will. Well, you know, I, I love the topic. <laughs> but this is all we have time for at the moment. Yeah. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more with Sidney Bennett. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Well, and thank you. We're back once again with Sydney Bennett to continue our discussion of prosperity. 
prosperity and abundance. Well, speaking of which, what's the correct way of managing our prosperity? I'm thinking specifically of the abundance as it pertains to cosmic law. I mean, since everything really belongs to God, don't we owe him a portion of what we get? We absolutely do. And I think that comment you just made is so important. Nothing is ours. When we leave this world, we're not taking our land, our property, our (laughs) gold, or whatever it might be. What we take is the light in our hearts. And one of the things God has ordained to teach us this flow is the law of the tithe. Uh, Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. This is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we understand giving of the tenth or the tithe back to God. Does God need the money? Well, obviously he doesn't. What God needs is a flow from us so he can give us more abundance. Mm-hmm. And so as we tithe, think of, you can think of it as tithe thee to God. Oh, yeah. Give back. And tithing can be to many good things, but typically you think of it in terms of a religious organization that's doing good and helping things and so forth, giving back to God's work. And God's work may be feeding the poor and so forth. But it's crucial that that flow exists because what you receive back is an increase. You give 10%, you get back 100% again. And so you don't tithe because you're going to get rich. But I I have mm-hmm. seen so many times in my life where it doesn't necessarily return as money in, in one sense, but it could be in something that happens in my life. Recently, I moved, and, and we sold our house within two days of putting it on the market. Now, obviously, that saved me a lot of money uh-huh. um, and so forth. But, <laughs> and, time, you know, and, yeah. and, and so do I tie it directly to the tithe? I tie it directly to my willingness to give back to God and to trust Him for what I need, and there mm-hmm. is always a return. God is much more, much better at repaying than we are sometimes. He never forgets. He never forgets. That's right. His, his his books always balance. Um, so it seems to me that the key thing here is not that we are, you know, super analytical about where it's going to go and all mm-hmm. that. We choose the right thing and we send it off and we send it off and we let it go. It's it's the step of of giving that to God that's mm-hmm. the most important in this. Having that trust, right? Absolutely. And you obviously you want to send it where it's going to do the most good. Mm-hmm. But it's the point of tithing is trust. It is a returning to God and a letting go. And it's a wonderful feeling. To give back to God. I mean, it's a thrill to give to God. It's, it's interesting. I've talked to people and I said, well, I can't afford to tithe because yeah. I don't have any money. Um, well, why don't you have any money? Well, because you don't tithe is one of the reasons. <laughs> there may be others. Yeah. But you've got to start yeah. somewhere. If you can't give 10% of your income, give 1% of your income. Right. If you have little, take that which you have and give it back to God. And experiment. Try it. I, I love this story. I met many years ago. I read an obituary in Time magazine about a man, and I can't remember his name, unfortunately. But he started out as a young man in the 30s and became a Christian. And he read about giving 10% to God. And he thought, you know, I think instead of that... I'll keep 10% and give 90% to God. <laughs> oh, I remember that. That's, that's, you know, that's powerful. Well, it's powerful. That man divide, died a multimillionaire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He couldn't keep up with God even though he was giving 90%. <laughs> so, you know, you got to buy food, pay the rent and so forth. Mm-hmm. But try, try this. Experiment the flow of giving to God and letting go of it and trusting in him to return it to you. Well, you know, that's very powerful, and I, we've talked about this before, and I think at different times in my life, I've, I've t- I always tithe at least 10%, but I've often tithed, tithed more than that. And you do, I mean, it's amazing, but you do see an effect when you do that. Well, I have a friend who's a painting contractor, and he told me, when it, they were, you know, in this economy, obviously, contractors mm-hmm. aren't doing that well, and he said they decided to try and experiment and get more to their tithe, and he said his business picked up almost immediately. Yeah, I've heard those stories, too. You know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier, too, and I think we talked about it at the beginning, was it's a lot to do with our attitude. If we tithe or we give grudgingly, I mean, if we do it from that sense of poverty, lack, and whatever, it's probably not going to multiply itself in quite the same way as it would if we gave it with joy 
you know, a free to give and gift. Or with an attitude of gratitude. Attitude of gratitude. The yeah. Lord loveth a cheerful giver. You know? <laughs> and that's absolutely true. I mean, if, if you can't give it in love, don't give it. Yeah. And that can take practice. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. we have to act as if and get ourselves in the habit of giving it that way. I know this is true for me. When I first began to tithe, it was at a time in my life where it was very difficult to even think of the possibility that I could somehow give away 10% of what I thought was already too little. And it took a while to get into the attitude of, okay, I'm going to give this and have faith. I'm going to give this out of joy and gratitude. And I'm going to know that God's going to multiply it. And it's not up to me. Just let you it pay go. God first. You, you know, pay I, think God that's first. Real. I mean, look at the, yeah. mm-hmm. the number the churches or religious organizations that practice tithings are almost unfailingly prosperous. They are. I mean, the Mormon that's church right. is a great example. They tithe yeah. and, you know, they have a great abundance. And because they're applying the laws of God. Well, and that, especially when you have the concept that it's, that it's going to go to something and you know it's being handled well, it goes for the good of, of other people. I mean, it's really, you have to let go of it, but it's nice to know that it's happening. But that also, another situation is, um, uh, what other forms besides actual money can our tithe take? A lot of people ask that question. Can, mm-hmm. can I do service? I mean, how do you measure that commitment? Well, absolutely. It's giving of ourselves, giving the light that God is to others in need. God is in need on this planet in the hearts of people. We heard Mrs. Prophet say in the lecture, you know, find someone you can cheer up today, give enthusiasm, mm-hmm. Give, mm-hmm. A, give love, give something to people. And so we tithe of ourselves. And what happens, we become so filled with the love and the presence of God, we don't think about tithing. We think about 100% of what mm-hmm. we have given yeah. to God. Right. And it's, it's true on the, on the financial side, too. So tithing is giving back to God, and um, it's, it's the greatest example of joy you can have. And I want to mention just one more thing as I think of it in terms of material abundance and tithing is that most of us have kind of mundane jobs, you know, um, you know <laughs> hey. in, the, in the world. <laughs> the present company excluded, of course. Okay. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. You know, and I worked for many years in the banking and financial services industries, you know. But when I took a portion of my income then suddenly my labor became a sacred labor. Mm -hmm. Even though it was mundane in many ways, because a portion of it went to God, it became an offering to God. Now you're working for God. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think there's an energy that comes down through that and and, and a responsibility. It's like you're showing yourself as being responsible as a conduit for that that abundance to come to God. And and the abundance of joy in your life. Where Mm -hmm. does it come from? It comes from giving, just as the financial abundance. You know, I knew a a situation, a a couple, the guy was a postman, and and he won the lottery in Sacramento. Wow. And it absolutely ruined his life. He moved up to Lake Tahoe, he became an alcoholic, and all he did all day was gambled. And pretty soon his wife divorced him, she was gone. It absolutely ruined his life. It was the worst thing that ever happened to him. And so let's focus on what can bring us happiness and joy, which is giving of ourselves, whether it's material prosperity, whether it's of our heart, mm-hmm. but that's the key to happiness and joy, is serving others and giving to others. Well, you you know, know, go ahead. Well, there was a, for many years of my life, I've kept a, anytime somebody said something to me that, that really helped me or I liked it or whatever, I, I kept a little attaboy file. And I would just write those things down. And there are times when you go back and you look at these things and, and you realize that in a situation, the reason why somebody had gratitude for you is that you gave of yourself. Mm-hmm. You really did step up beyond where you needed to be. And I, all of a sudden, I realized after a couple of years of doing this, well, maybe I ought to keep an attaboy file for the things that I said to other people. To remind myself, just like Mother, the, the, the interview said, that it's important for you to go and to tell people the good things. And, and they have to be sincere and real. They yeah. can't be phony. Yeah. Right. But people are in pain on this planet. 
You know, I mean, you truly, regardless of how superficially they function at work or in social settings, they're under a lot of pain and pressure. And so, an encouraging word um, to people, I can tell you, can make all the difference in the world. It's the greatest gift. It's the gift of kindness, which is another thing that will flow back to you mm -hmm. when you are kind kindness returns to you. And whatever you send out, as we talked about the law of karma, is multiplied when it turns to you. So it's mm. anger, resentment, hatred, all these things that are sent out into the universe. They're coming back to you, but they're picking up more of their own because like attracts like. Mm. So it's going to dump on your uh, karmic doorstep one day. But the good news is the, the converse of that is sending out love, kindness, givingness. It's going to gather more oh, of yeah. its kind. And you'll be prosperous. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily material, but prosperous beyond your wildest dreams. My father had a phrase for people who really shouldn't be doing what they're doing. He said, why don't you put us out of your misery, please? <laughs> and, what he was, and it was usually followed by a job suggestion. <laughs> As yeah. in, if you don't like it here, I have a great truck driving school, you'll love, you know, that kind of thing. We've all come across people who they, they just, you know, they're, they're having a hard time. And I think a lot of times, you know, making a call for that person, making a little prayer for that person, trying to say something nice. Uh, my stepfather calls it serving that person. Yeah. What you're doing is you're trying to give them a positive lift. Well, and you sometimes don't, it's tough to do you that. You don't know what they're going through. Right. You no. don't know the pains that people carry, mm -hmm. either recent or current, and um, or what the littlest thing you do or give to them can make a difference in their lives. Oh, totally. I mean, you can smile at somebody and change the world. That person could change their attitude about something and affect other people, and it's a ripple effect. It goes out it's and the butterfly. Yeah, the butterfly effect. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's amazing. You know, um, the the grass is always greener concept. Mm -hmm. You know, the people are always thinking about how great it would be if only, and if people could change their thinking from a material perspective to a spiritual perspective in the same regard. Imagine how great my life would be. If I had more of God, and what you were saying mm -hmm. a moment ago is one way to get more of God is to give more to God. You know, and, and to get out of this entitlement mentality, yeah. God, you you need to make me happy. Yeah, right. You know, you're supposed to be the God of the universe. Make me happy. Yeah. Well, guess what? That's not the path of self mastery. Spiritual socialist consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. Well, I'm I'm loving this conversation, yeah, but too. it's kind of uh, all the time we have for this week. Um, I want to thank Sydney again, as always, and for all of you too for tuning in. Please join us again next week when our topic will be immortality. Hmm. Or, Why Am I Here? Part 2. All right. <laughs> it may sound like science fiction, but we assure you it's not. And gaining a mortal life is something that's available to you now. You're right. So be sure to join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern. And I want to remind everybody to please go out and take a look at the TSL Now newsletter. Get signed up for that. Go to tsl.org forward slash TSL now and you can click on the sign up button you'll get a bi-weekly newsletter filled with wonderful things indeed and remember though the upward path may be difficult the rewards are out of this world thank, thank you, you very much <laughs> thank you again for joining us this week for the open door this program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network for more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.